Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Jan. Welcome to the second season of Lamplighter Podcast. Lamplighters, as you may or may not know, is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. So no matter who you are or where you are, no matter the time or experience you've had following Jesus or if you haven't had any experience at all, we are grateful to be on the journey with you and we look forward to becoming more of who God created us to be. Last week, we focused on different names of the Holy Spirit and why they are important. So this week, we're going to continue our exploration of the Holy Spirit and how we can recognize Him. So we're going to look at some of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. I'm very excited about this because I love symbols, Lynn. You know that. Okay. Well, you'll like this. Um, So I just want to start off, as I've said before, whenever I start studying our lesson— and preparing for the podcast, the first thing I want to do is make sure that I understand the focus, which in the case today is Mm -hmm. symbols. And what I realized when doing that study is that we often use the terms signs and symbols interchangeably, but there is a difference that I want to clarify before we get started. Oh, good. Definitions. Yes. Well, well, I don't know how much of a definition, but we'll see if this makes things um, better or worse. (laughs) So the best description that I came across is that a symbol points beyond itself while a sign does not. So a sign Hmm. is a language on its own, and it's used to directly communicate something while a symbol stands for or points to something else. And scripture has both of these things in it. For example, when the Israelites were wandering in the desert all those 40 years, you'll remember they were following a pillar of cloud by day and a Mm -hmm. pillar of fire by night. These were signs that God was with them. Remember that in Exodus 33, 20, God said to Moses, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live So the cloud and the fire were signs that God was present without them actually seeing his face. Got it. He was actually with them and leading them. The fire and the smoke were signs that God was with them. Okay. Now, a symbol is different from a sign because it points to something other than itself. So the cloud and the pillar were the the cloud and the cloud and the Easy for me to say. The pillar of cloud. The pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire were pointing directly to God. They were pointing to Him Himself. Okay. So the most obvious um, symbol I can think of that points to something else in Christianity is the cross. The cross symbolizes Jesus taking on the sins of the world before He died and rose. The cross does not point to itself. It points to Jesus. Mm. Now, you will notice as we go through this that some symbols today were first seen as signs of God in the Old Testament, but they have since become symbols of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Okay, that's going to be fun to unravel. Yes. Um, I never actually thought about the fact that signs and symbols are different. Mm -hmm. You know, signs are very concrete, Mm -hmm. like Jesus turning the water into wine. That was a sign. He was the Messiah. Mm Mm-hmm. And symbols paint a bigger picture that point to a greater reality, like Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. That is a rich and deep symbol and mm-hmm. truth. Yeah. So we tend to probably use symbols when words are really inadequate. Yeah. So let's look at some of those symbols you're talking about that point yeah. to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, let's do. 
So we've already talked about how the Holy Spirit is the shy one of the Trinity. He usually works quietly and sometimes invisibly. Mm -hmm. He never tells us about himself. Instead, he comes to glorify Jesus. Right. The Holy Spirit reminds us who Jesus is and what he did for us. He helps us to see Jesus more clearly, to understand Jesus more deeply, and hopefully to respond to Jesus more obediently. The Holy Spirit guides us to love Jesus with a deeper and more constant commitment. Now, even though I don't think the Holy Spirit's goal is to be mysterious, the fact that he doesn't speak of himself makes him mysterious unless we know how to look for him. And that's what we're studying this for now. So it's kind of like hide and seek we played as kids, right? Yeah, yeah except that he wants to be found, Yeah, right? the Holy Spirit wants to be found. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, this should be easier. Exactly. Okay, so this is where symbols come into play. The symbols of the Holy Spirit are essential for us to gain an understanding of what he is like. He comes to penetrate our lives, but that can only happen if we pay attention and recognize who he is when he comes to us. Mm. So when I think of the Holy Spirit, the first symbol that comes to my mind is the descending dove, because it seems to be used so often when referring to the Holy Spirit. We've even used it in our artwork for the study this Mm -hmm. year. Um, The descending dove, it's in all four gospels and points back to the story of the baptism of Jesus. Remember that Jesus went into the Jordan River to get baptized. And after he came up from the water, he saw God's spirit descending like a dove and coming upon him. As I said, that's in all four gospels. In that instant, the Holy Spirit manifested for a moment in a dove and came down upon Jesus. From that description, we now have the symbol of the Holy Spirit as a dove coming towards earth from heaven. The sign of the Holy Spirit's presence during the baptism of Jesus when he was actually manifested in the dove has now become our symbol of the Holy Spirit. Got it. So this dove is referred to throughout scripture. So what does it symbolize? Well, innocence and purity are two of the things Jesus told his followers to prove themselves to be as innocent as doves, be pure and true in word and deed. The dove is also a very common symbol of peace. Um, Think back to Noah and when it finally stopped um, raining and the floodwaters started receding, he released a dove and eventually it brought back an olive leaf showing that the floodwaters had had gone away enough that things were beginning to grow again. Mm. And think of the comfort that that brought, knowing that a time of rest and peace was at hand. So the Holy Spirit coming as a dove is a gentle symbol of peace. In the same way that the dove came down and rested on Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes down to rest on each of us. And I just love that image. I do too. When one of the reasons that I love the dove symbol is because it reminds me of what happened after the dove descended on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Remember what happened afterwards was God spoke. Mm-hmm. This is my son whom I love. I am well pleased with him. So the dove for me, in addition to being a symbol of innocence and purity and peace, is also a symbol of God's presence and approval. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So what about you, Jen? Do you have a favorite symbol that you want to share? Oh, man, there's so many. Mm -hmm. It's hard to pick a favorite. You know, I love all symbols because you never really come to the end of them. Right. Uh, But one of my favorites is the spirit as the breath of God. Mm -hmm. The breath of God is a symbol. Um, In Hebrew, it's, uh, it's ruach. I don't know if I pronounced that right. But that word, ruach, can be translated breath or wind or spirit. The three are so closely intertwined. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a word associated with the Spirit's work at creation. Uh, uh, in Genesis 1.1, I think it is, it talks about the Spirit. Spirit mm-hmm. could be breath. Mm-hmm hovering or brooding over the waters. Mm -hmm. And it goes on to say, and God said, literally it's God breathed. Uh, So it's the same word translated differently. More explicitly in Genesis 2, uh, where God formed the man, it says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, Mm -hmm. and the man became a living being. This is a very, it's a gentle breath like the sweetness of a baby's breath, right? Mm-hmm. It's very quiet, but it's a sure sign of life, and it is given to us by God. So the Spirit, as God's breath animates us, mm-hmm. makes us alive, mm-hmm. and in that suggests a reflection of the likeness to our Heavenly Father. You know, it says we're made in His image. This is one of the ways that we are created in His image is that we have life. Yeah. So just by breathing and getting up in the morning, mm-hmm. you're reflecting God's image. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, God's breath also appears many other places in Scripture. Um, I'm reminded of where Jesus breathed on the disciples so they could receive the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is Scripture tells us that that God's Word is God-breathed. Yeah. Um, that's all a symbol for God's breath. Mm-hmm. And it's this gentle breath that brings both physical and spiritual life. So I love that hymn. It's a breathe on me, breath of God. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a simple prayer to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and into our spaces. So I just say that every once in a while. Breathe on me, breath of God. Yeah, that's a beautiful prayer. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain amount of peace that comes from just thinking of that, I think. Sure. All right. Well, let's go on to the another one. And it's very closely related, as you already said in your definition, to the breath of God, and that is wind. Um, we'll see that a lot in Scripture. Remember mm-hmm. back to the story of the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. That's in Acts 2. So you see the difference between that gentle breath of God and now a violent wind. Mm-hmm. And the wind symbolizes the mighty work of God's Spirit. You know, we can't see the wind, the wind itself. We can see it moving things, but we can't see the actual wind. But it's real, and it has great power. I mean, look at the damage that hurricane-force winds can, aff- can inflict. Absolutely. We had a powerful reminder of that lately with Hurricane Ida struck the United States. Yeah, exactly. So the wind comes from the heavens, not from the earth, but it affects people on the earth, just like the Holy Spirit does. We don't see the Holy Spirit, but He has great power to move and change us. The wind of the Holy Spirit has a cleansing element to it also. I always think of in the fall when I'm grateful for the wind that blows away the leaves (laughs) so I don't have to do it. Um, They blow over to your neighbor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
Um, but when the Holy Spirit blows in and through us, it can change us by removing sin. Mm-hmm. And how does that happen? Well, the Holy Spirit shows us our sin, and then we can repent. That is how His Spirit cleanses us. Mm-hmm. It's that inner transformation we were talking about. That's right. This is kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and look at another symbol. Fire is another popular symbol of the Holy Spirit. And remember the fire that appeared on Pentecost, and that's Mm -hmm. in Acts 3. And it was reminiscent of the burning bush when God spoke to Moses. And, you know, fire represents light and strength and force of the Holy Spirit. Fire also purifies, as does the work of the Spirit. And this is why we find the Holy Spirit compared to fire. He does the purifying or refining work of the Lord. Mm. When the Holy Spirit holds our life to the fire, uh, things change, right? <laughs> yes. we, we, we are molded into a tool fit for Him to, hu- to use. And I, I love to think of um, how fire hardens. So in metalwork, they use the term temper mm-hmm. when they heat certain metals to really high temperatures, and then they cool them. And this process actually makes them much stronger than they were before. And the same thing happens in baking with chocolate. When chocolate is tempered, it goes from kind of a soft, dull to a hard, crisp, shiny chocolate. Mm. Well, remember that that process for metals and chocolate involves also getting beaten (laughs) several times before they're finished. Uh, It's the same thing with fine china. Not not that it gets beaten, obviously, but that it is fired in a kiln Mm -hmm. at least three times. Mm -hmm. And only by doing that, by repeatedly subjecting the china to those high temperatures, do the colors become rich and lustrous and the china becomes a thing of beauty. So just remember, sometimes the refining fire of the Holy Spirit has to put us back in the kiln. Uh, Over and over again. Yeah. But when the Holy Spirit tempers us with fire, we do become stronger spiritually and we're Mm -hmm. better able to withstand different heats of temptation in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, after fire, what's what do you always think of? Fire water, and water, water, right. So water symbolizes birth and life and refreshment. You know, I'm a water person, Jan. Mm-hmm. I feel the spirit when I am by the water. Um, from you also a, have a gallon of water you're drinking today. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. well, we'll see if I get it all down. Um, from a faith perspective, water represents the cleansing and life-giving action of the Holy Spirit at baptism when we are born again. Um, we all know, science tells us that water is a main source of life. You know, we can mm-hmm. live a significant amount of time without food, but not without water. Uh, water makes up like 60% of our body. So just, you know, compare that. If that's the the life of the water of the Holy Spirit, that's mm-hmm. a significant amount. You know, Jesus Christ is our source of spiritual life. And the Holy Spirit reminds us of, of this. You know, Jesus said that whenever, whoever believes in him would receive the Spirit. So when our life starts to feel dry and cracked and just burned up, Mm -hmm. as often happens, especially these days, we need to remember that refreshment of the Holy Spirit, the water that runs through our life, because it will bring us healing and restoration. 
to our heart and our soul and just our our spirits. Mm-hmm. So in this instance, the spirit is like streams of living water, which flow and give us life. Mm-hmm. So now I want to talk about my favorite. We talked about your favorite with the <laughs> breath. My favorite is that still small voice. The Holy Spirit can be the voice of God who speaks to our innermost being. And we find this in the biblical account of Elijah in 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. And I want to read that right now, Jan. Sure. Oh, it's a great visual. Yeah. yeah. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you Mm. doing here, Elijah? The Lord often speaks to believers in the whisper of a still, small voice. That is his Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean to us? Well, obviously... That means we have to be quiet and we have to be still and we have to listen or we're going to miss it. The Holy Spirit is with us constantly, but we are so distracted by the noise of this world that it's easy not to hear him or even tune him out. So we need to focus on how to tune in with him Mm -hmm. to hear him. Yeah, there's a lot of wind and fire and earthquake in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So all of these symbols and many others that we're not going to talk about today throughout Scripture point us to the Holy Spirit, and that's a good thing. These symbols tell us that the Holy Spirit is strong, He's powerful, He's peaceful, He's refreshing, and He's restorative. Remember, these are all the attributes of God because the Holy Spirit is God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's equally to important to remember the things that He's not. The Holy Spirit is never distant. He's always with us. He's never distracted. He's never too busy to hear from us. He is not limited by time and space. He's patient. He'll wait for us. Mm-hmm. He can be present in all people, and He cannot be destroyed or overpowered. The Holy Spirit is there all the time to do what it is He was sent to do, and that is to keep us connected mm-hmm. to Jesus. So what about recognizing the Holy Spirit when we aren't reading Scripture, (laughs) right? I mean, it's easy to read through Scripture and see the Holy Spirit throughout it, but what do we do when we're not in Scripture? Yeah, well, you have to live the rest of your life. That's right. So am I supposed to think of the Holy Spirit whenever I see a dove fly by or when I'm sitting by the fire on a cold night? Well, I mean, that's fantastic if I do. I think that's a great thing. But It's also important to remember that these biblical symbols are not the only symbols we have of being drawn to the Holy Spirit. And we're all going to have different ones, I think. Mm. Jane, do you have something in your life that when you see it or smell it or hear it, you are immediately reminded of someone? Oh, yeah. Smells are a real important triggering memory device for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot smell Chanel Number 5 and not look for my grandmother. Yeah. Or yellow butterflies. 
constantly remind me of our daughter, Cameron, yeah. every time I see one. Yeah. And that's the way, I think that's the way our minds work mm-hmm. and our senses work. Um, as you know, I lost my brother 24 years ago. And yet there are certain things that just instantly remind me of him, like he's sitting right next to me. Mm. Whenever I see, when I look at a clock and I see 1234, he he springs to mind because he used to say that was lucky. If you looked at the clock and it was <laughs> one, one, two, two three, three, four, four. <laughs> that was lucky. Um, and whenever I'm looking for a parking space and find one close to the entrance, I think of him because he would always yell snack bar <laughs> when he found a good parking spot. And I know these things are silly. But they make me feel close to him, even after all of these years mm-hmm. of not being with him. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit longs for with us. He wants us to have things that constantly remind us of him mm. and point us back to him to keep us connected to him. You know, life is so busy these days. And it's easier than ever to get caught up in doing things, you know, doing whatever we think needs to be done and not realize how far away we've drifted from listening, even just for the asking for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You know, I told you that that still small voice is my favorite. And I spend time every morning at the start of my day simply listening for that voice. And I'll, I'm the first one to tell you, I don't always hear it. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd probably be overwhelming if I heard it every time I listened <laughs> for it. But that's a longing that I have. Mm-hmm. And I try to make space so that I can be there when the Holy Spirit speaks to me. You're open. Exactly. Open. So that's what I want to encourage our listeners to think about this week. What is it that draws you to the Holy Spirit? Do you have something that reminds you throughout your day to be still and listen? Mm. Do you have a symbol, your own symbol for the Holy Spirit? Those are great. Those are great questions for our listeners to ponder. Mm-hmm. Um it reminds me of that hymn again. I, I'm not a musical person, but I seem to be in it these days. Uh-huh. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me, yeah. melt me, mold me, mm-hmm. shape me, use me. Mm-hmm. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this week. Amen. Until next time. <laughs>